Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban? I am, because after all, we, we are, are the Watchers, Watchers of Movies. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Hello again, as I just said before. I don't know what yeah, I said it twice. Double yes. hellos. Yeah, it was necessary, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. Who so, is they? <laughs> the inimitable collective. That is the inimitable collective. I never. I don't know what the word inimitable means. And I, I don't, don't even, even know if know. I'm saying it right. I, I just don't know. say how I think she says it. Unlike Harry, I just mimic what she says. I don't make my own word. <laughs> Diagonale. Diagonale. <laughs> Diagonale. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway. A little Harry Potter humor for you, for yeah. everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so Lauren, I had a, an adventure this week and I wanted to tell you about it. Do tell me. So. <laughs> you had a couple adventures this week. What was the other Didn't one? Didn't you? About breaking down the door, too? Oh, yes. That's all, that's all part of it. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. So let me tell you this story. So <clears throat> to tell this story, I have to uh, sort of paint the picture. So I live in an apartment, and I live on the on the top floor. So three. I live on the third floor. And I have, like, you know, I, there's a sliding glass door, and I have those security bars that mm-hmm. you put in the track of the door so people can't break in. Right. And I have one that's that my dad like custom made for me. So it's a little bit shorter so that in the summertime I can sleep with my sliding glass door open, but it's only open like, you know, like five inches. Like people can't get in. Yeah. So like I can get fresh air, but nobody can get in, you know? And so (laughs) I also have a bird feeder on my balcony. So on Monday night, after work I was like oh I gotta fill my bird feeder up and I I I did the I do this thing and I and I do it frequently where I sort of just like lazily pick that security bar up with my foot Uh and I just sort of push it to the side and it's still sort of in the track but I just use the 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 big sliding glass door I open it and that sort of pushes it off the rest of the way into the track because it's you know I'm I'm just going out there I'm not right this is lazy you know right And uh, so, (laughs) so I go out on my balcony to fill. And I, the thing was, it was like, I even put my, I put my jacket on because it's, it was very cold out. And I thought, you know, I'm just gonna put my jacket on because it was cold and snowy. And sometimes I get a kick out of like, standing on my balcony for a second and looking around at the snow and everything. And it's, it's kind of nice. And so I just put my jacket on and so I go out onto my balcony and I thought, well, logically, I don't want to heat the outdoors. So I pulled my balcony door shut and I was just going to leave it open like a crack, you know, and I pulled it shut and I heard the noise of the security bar falling back into the track. <laughs> and almost immediately, I i mean, like I knew what had happened. I right. was not, it did not stumped me like why can't I get my door open I thought oh my gosh I'm I'm trapped out here and uh my heart sank and I like you know the phrase like blank blank made my blood run cold 
I felt the literal feeling of my blood running cold. And and I was like, I'm stuck here. And in this on this particular evening, um, nobody was gonna be looking for me. And so that was like really sobering. Um like I was alone. Like I was alone. The only person that maybe would look for me would be Mike because we keep a pretty like steady back and forth. And, but I think I, um, I think I am more neurotic than a normal person. So if I haven't heard from him in a certain frame of time, I do start to worry a little bit. And so I'll just like send him a little text, like, something innocent just you know just like you do right but i never think like something serious has happened it's just like i I like that peace of mind but like i said i think i'm more neurotic than like a normal person and i don't i don't like and i was trying to think while i was standing on the balcony like what's the frame of time that a person goes through before they start thinking something really bad is like going on and so i was like logically I would say about two, two and a half hours I could be here until Mike thinks it's weird that I haven't heard from her. And then, but then at that point, like, I feel like our logical human brains also go, well, maybe she fell asleep. Maybe she's yeah, talking like, maybe on the I'm phone. Overthinking it or yeah, something. Yeah. Like if I tried, like you've had this before where you're like trying to call your parents on the phone and they don't pick up for four hours. And this, that happens to me too, where I'm like, Oh, and I had like I had a breakdown over yeah, it. I was flipping I'm like, out. I just, yeah. I just want to make sure that like something tragic didn't happen, but you don't really go. So I was standing there, and now all of this, like now that I'm not on the balcony, I can realize that all of this is like, there's two things that are happening in that moment. Number one is, I'm I'm alone. Nobody is looking for me. I'm literally alone. And that was very sobering. And that was very scary. And it really affected me because I was like, there's nobody's going to rescue me. Like Mike maybe thinks something is wrong. How long will it take him before he convinces his logical mind that something really is wrong? Right. You know, and, and that, that's not I'm not like that. I would do the same thing. You know, right, like right. I'd be like, nothing is wrong. Everything is fine. And then you have to sort of convince yourself after a while, like, no, something doesn't feel right. But that takes a while, you know. And so that was really, like, really scary and very heavy. Like, it really affected me. And then there's a second thing that's happening is that I live in an apartment complex. So I wasn't actually alone. Like, I was going to, like, there's people everywhere, you know. So I was like praying that someone would come out and walk their dog. But I'm telling you, when I say it was deadly quiet outside, it was deadly quiet. Like, it was about 7 15 in the evening okay that's what I was yeah it was dark no it was evening it was dark because it gets dark early it was very very cold and it was quiet like so quiet and there was no one was stirring not even a mouse you know (laughs) and I and there's dogs and there's usually people out and about but not in the middle of winter when it's dark. And so I was just like praying that someone would come and come and like someone would be walking their dog. And then I I stood there for what felt like a while, but it was probably more like seven minutes. And I was thinking like, I don't know how long I should stand out here before I start trying to take action. And I'm sort of like looking over the balcony edge. And I always had this thing in the back of my head where I was like, if there was a fire, I probably could get from my balcony to like, 
there's like a side thing that has like a little roof. And I was like, in a life or death situation, I probably could make it to the ground. I might injure myself, but I'd probably survive. But everything is snow covered. Oh, and I'm looking down and everything. And where there's snow, there's ice. Right, exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, do I risk trying to climb down and like potentially breaking a bone when I could have just like. And also, I should tell everyone that I could see my phone in my apartment sitting on the counter. Like of course, twenty feet. I don't maybe ten feet away from me. So no way. I tried multiple times. I took my coat off. I tried to get in the door, but the purpose of that stick is so people can't get in. Oh yeah, you know. Totally. It, and yeah. I so I well, like and they can't reach. You can't reach it. I was oh yeah, and so I was closing the door and then banging it open as hard as possible to try to like break the stick. I even contemplated like breaking the window, but then I thought, well, that'd be like out of the frying pan and into the fire. Like yeah. I couldn't stay here if I broke the window. And so I was just, you know, so after those futile gestures where I was like starting to panic, like i really felt the panic. Cause I was like, this is terrifying. Cause yeah. I could like, I could die because it's so cold. Yeah. maybe. But also I'm totally fully aware that I wasn't going to die because I live in an apartment complex, but there's, I mean, it's pretty scary to like realize that you're all like totally <laughs> you're in, I'm in charge. Like I have to save myself because no one is going to. Right. And um, at least not for a while, <laughs> you know. Right. So I was standing there on the balcony in the deadly quiet. And I heard a car like I my apartment faces a courtyard. So I heard a car in the in the parking lot next to the building and it drove past and then kept driving so they didn't stop and I was like okay well that person didn't like isn't nearby so I can't call out and so I just thought you know I'm I have to just start calling for help and so I did and it took probably I would say you're just saying help help over and over well I know that there's like the added the old adage that's like you should yell fire if you're in danger because people won't come help but that felt like (laughs) You can tell that it wasn't truly life or death because I felt silly. I didn't yell fire at all, but I was like, I feel silly yelling fire right now. I'm going to yell help. And so I I didn't yell hysterically. I just like raised my voice and I said, I need help. If you can hear me, please come outside. I need help. And I just kept saying that. And I kept saying versions of help in that sentence loudly. And um, it took a while. <laughs> it probably took like... I, time feels differently but I want to say it took like probably like six to ten minutes Damn. before somebody and that's I wasn't a, that's a long time I wasn't yelling it constantly I was yelling it for a little while and then I would stop for a little while and just sort of wait and I saw in the building next to me I saw some blinds like moving and and so I thought somebody might have looked outside because they might hear because the thing is, I'm guilty. I hear people screaming like they're being murdered all the time. And I'm like, that's ah, apartment living, you know, but I never I've never heard somebody Sometimes calling. So for it's help. like it's like little kids and you're like, OK, are you yeah. playing? Or are you being murdered? <laughs> I've never heard somebody calling for help, to be fair. I, you know, if I heard someone calling for help, I think I'd probably do something, call the police or something. Um, and so I just like when I saw the blinds moving, I thought, that, OK, I just got to keep going. Maybe this person is is. So I just kept doing it. And then finally, the same apartment, he stepped out onto his balcony and he seemed like he was a young guy, like maybe college age. And he stepped out gingerly. And I said, hi, <laughs> I said, oh, my gosh, I'm stuck on my balcony and I just need someone to come like get me off. 
And he said, okay, I'll call emergency maintenance. So he called emergency maintenance and I heard him like, so he came back out on his, on his balcony and he was calling the emergency maintenance line. And this is like, this is where the comedy starts is he says, he says to the person, yeah, there's a woman here and she's, she's stuck on her balcony. And then he goes, yes, I'm in this apartment complex. Yes. And then he, like the person was like, no, 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 you can't tell me the problem. We have to go through these, you know, so right, then I had right. to hear him solid again. So then he says, yeah, there's a person here and, and she's stuck on her balcony and no, she doesn't have a cell phone. And I was like, this poor guy and these people like, yes, I'm stuck on my balcony with a cell phone, you know? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Like you're like, you're like, I can't use my phone. Yeah, exactly. I can't. No, it, no, it's not dead. It's got 90% battery, but I just can't use it. Like, I just need attention. Even, so. even if you like, and even if your, your phone doesn't have minutes or a plan, you can still call 911. Yeah, there's still yeah. emergency <laughs> dialing. Yeah. So uh, I did think of that. I was like you know like emergency maintenance emergency maintenance would have been my first call as well right um but then i was like is the fire department gonna have to come and bring like a ladder you know (laughs) but anyway because secondarily i have a security bar on my entrance door yeah which me too um, and i convinced her to get one because i have one and yeah it's it's just nice to have that extra yeah and so i was thinking like comfort you know even if they have a key i have the security bar yeah so then i was like this is just like what it is is like a stew of perfect it's like a perfect storm stew and so anyway so the guy's like he he asked me my apartment and so i'm like yelling across the courtyard like blah 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 this is my apartment number and he goes, okay. And I said, will you also tell them that I have a security bar on the door so they're going to have to work really hard? And he said into the phone, he's like, she has a security bar. Oh, it's no problem. Okay. And he said, okay. <laughs> so apparently, anyway, so he was very nice and I'm forever grateful to him. And so he was like, okay, they said someone was is on the way. And I was like, thank you so much. And so he went back into his apartment and I stood there for a while. And then he came back out on his balcony. He's like, are you okay? Are you getting cold? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, actually, I thought to put my coat on. I just came out to fill my bird feeder. But I, I put a coat on, thankfully. Thank God. And he was like, oh, he said he'd be here. I called him about 10 minutes ago. And I was like, it's okay. As long as I know someone's coming, you know. And he goes, I'll come back out and check on you. And I was like, thank you. And that was really kind, like so kind of that him. That is really nice. And um, and then once I knew somebody was coming, I, I did chuckle a little bit to myself because I was like, this is ridiculous. And I was so embarrassed. Like, I'm so em- it's it was so embarrassing. But then so then um, the guy, the maintenance guy came and he I could I saw him unlock the door because I saw the lock move. And then he had to like break in a couple times and let me tell you those um those door security bars they do the they do their job very well like uh, the reason i got it was because i knew that it probably wouldn't keep someone out who was persistent but it would make a lot of noise and that's that's what you want because you don't want right. to be like taken well and off i guard. think if someone is unless someone is getting into your apartment because you like witness something that could possibly yeah. get them in trouble i think that would stop anyone it would, it would yeah. just they'd be like they'd this is like, too much work it's too much work yeah no, i'm out of here yeah so it worked it took him a, a couple tries to get to open it and then he finally got it open and i thought it would like crumple but it didn't crumple it's just um it just sort of fell and fell forward and then uh there's like a little like button on it that you you sort of like slide to fit and then the button goes through a little hole so yeah. it can fit and that, that button broke off so that's oh, what broke so okay. um 
So anyway, so he he came to the he came to the sliding door, and he let me in, and I was like, "Thank you so much." I I said, "Has has this happened before?" And he said, "You're my first. So and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, unprecedented." Yeah, and so and later that week my heat stopped working so i had to call maintenance again and it was the same guy and when he came in i was like are you sick of coming here and he laughed and i said at least i'm not on the balcony and then he laughed again but so i called like after i got in and i was probably only out there for about 30 minutes at the most 25 30 minutes at the most but, but that sounds like a lot that'd be a it, long time it really like i called mike and i told him what happened and then it really like I was really shook all evening. Like it really affected me. Um, yeah, that's and it scary. Was, it was really scary to, I don't know, like the feeling of being completely on my own in in a situation was like very heavy, and I wasn't prepared for that. And I felt like just off for the rest of the evening, and I was just like, I just don't feel this is not. But then by the like. I went to bed and the next day I was like, okay, it's pretty funny. And I like, I feel like it's funny now. Right. And I, I, when I told my parents about it, my dad laughed so hard and he kept, <laughs> and I was having dinner with them and he kept going, help. <laughs> so nothing sobers you like your dad making fun of you. So I also wanted to mention something that Mike said that I think is really funny. And he said it, it would be comedic if when I called over to the guy who was helping me and, and when I said, I was just out filling my bird feeder, if his reply was, we're not even allowed to have bird feeders here. <laughs> and I said, that sounds like a sitcom moment. And Mike was like, what happened is a sitcom moment. <laughs> it really is. It so, really is. Yeah. Really so is. I, I think it's funny now, but that evening it was pretty terrifying that is uh, that's scary yeah. yeah for sure yeah and what do people do on high rises i mean they call out like i did and somebody eventually hears but yeah it's scary it's scary though yeah so yeah so that was my adventure for this week yeah that is quite an adventure i would never recommend it to anybody <laughs> no i am yeah. um, all i could think is as you were telling me that is oh shit that would be me but with no coat yeah because that would be me with no coat. Yeah. Because I would totally do that with no coat. <laughs> do you want to just start talking about the movie? Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Lauren, <clears throat> it's time. It's time to talk about The Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. <laughs> so, what did you think of the movie? Um, First of all, wait. I have to say, okay, so we hung out yesterday. And I was like, the entire time, I'm like, oh, I just want to know what she feels. I just want to know what she feels. And I finished it today because I was watching. I started watching it last night or yesterday, but I didn't end up finishing it because I was doing like other stuff. And, you know, because I've seen Harry Potter a million times. So I was like, whatever. But um, yeah, so I'm now I, I want to know. What did you think? Yeah, last night I was uh, you were, Fort Knox. You were not telling I me. Said I'm glad not though. one word about Harry Potter. You did not. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I think it's the best one of the three so far. Okay. Um, I think the atmosphere was better and the set design was better. It was a little bit darker, so I appreciate that. Different director. That. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I liked it, uh, but in regards to like, the trilogy that we've watched so far, it's, it's the best one okay. uh, so far. I... I think that the Dementors were really cool. I really liked uh, how spooky they were, but like the logistics of the Dementors being allowed just free reign to kill anybody indiscriminately seems very weird to me. Well, they don't kill. 
what they do is they give a kiss of death, which basically means that you're just a husk of a person. Like your soul leaves your body. It's like considered worse than death, basically. So they don't kill, but they do kill. <laughs> well, you're alive. You're I think just, it's really weird anyway. You're um, just barely alive. <laughs> I I liked Lupin a lot. Um, Yay. I thought he was Yay. he was a fun character, but um the dark arts teacher is like the drummer with spinal tap like I, it's a revolving door of characters and i really don't <laughs> yeah yeah and the reason he and left, it continues to be the reason the he entire. left was pretty stupid i thought like he you know he didn't want the parents to be bad and i was like if the parents aren't already mad then i you could do everything anything you I want think i actually have some insight into that so when jk rowling wrote lupin as a werewolf it was supposed to be um an allegory for aids so wait when she wrote Lupin as a werewolf, it was an allegory for AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. And Dementors are an allegory for depression. So I think that it it takes so it takes place in like the early nineties, right? Um and I didn't know that actually. It does, yeah. I think that because I think they're born in like the eighties. I think they're born in the early eighties. So I um it was during a time when like the AIDS crisis was like a really big thing that was going on and people didn't understand how it was, you know, contracted or how it was, is was what did you say? Given or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, and because of it, people were like afraid to touch people that had AIDS. And I guess that she wrote it as, you know, if you think about, if you think about like a, a parent in that situation where, if it was during that time of the AIDS crisis and they found out that their teacher had AIDS, they might be like, we don't want him teaching here, especially since it was likely a gay male. Um, Lupin is not gay, but it, I, I think that I can understand to me, like to me, him resigning makes total sense because I think that there would just be so much backlash about what happened and finding out that he's a werewolf that it would just, it would be worse for him to stay than to go somewhere else. Okay. I, my hat's off that she thought to write something so deep in a children's novel. So I appreciate that she had that concern, but that does not make sense in the context of the movie because why wouldn't the parents be upset that Dumbledore kept the school over a chamber that would kill muggle students or he would keep a, a rock in a mirror that Voldemort wants so badly that he'll come to the school to find. Well, he didn't keep a rock in a mirror. It was the mirror in the Sorcerer's Stone. It was, I mean, it wasn't in the mirror. Like it wasn't physically in the mirror, you know? But you know what I'm saying, right? Right, right, right. Like why... I think that that allegory might be too powerful for how superficial these movies are because so many bad things happen that I'm not sure why superficial, Lupin... excuse me. Why would Lupin... I'm talking about the movies. I know. First of all... Oh, I did think I wanted to tell you this, Lauren, that... I um, have the book next to me. And I want to tell you this. Closely. <laughs> I want to tell you this. Okay. It's hard for me sometimes when I really love things to show people them because if they're indifferent... It hurts my feelings. I know. And so I respect you for opening up the world of Harry Potter and letting me watch it. And 
I never want to hurt your feelings because I know how it feels when you're excited and you want to share something with somebody and they don't share your enjoyment. Especially when you have it tattooed permanently on your body. <laughs> so I apologize. I, it's no, not my I, intention, but I respect you for <laughs> opening this up because I don't think I could do it. I think I would, I would say like these things are too close to me. Like that's why I'd never like, I've never wanted to review interstellar because it's too close to me. And I, I feel like nothing I, w- I would only accept like right. and I know like as a movie reviewer this shouldn't be the case but I'm also a human being and I would only accept you being Stellar as ex- reviews. excited about it as I am you know and so that's why I'm like it's just like I don't think I could ever do it because I don't think I could be fair or impartial and it might hurt my feelings to like so I respect you and I'm sorry because I I you know, I but I I know how it goes <laughs> when you show somebody something and you want them to love it and they just either are indifferent or they don't love it. That's really that can be really painful. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather you be like honest with me about how you feel about it. But it it it, it is. <laughs> I I'm just going to say I love this movie. And I actually think it might be one of my favorites as I was rewatching it. I was, I cried at the end. I was getting emotional. Like, and I was crying because of stuff that you don't know yet. So I know what happens and I was crying about that. But I obviously am not going to share that with you because that doesn't happen until like, sure. yeah. I think the fifth book. But um, it is a story that is very close to my heart, especially with Lupin. Um, he is my all time favorite character. I love him. And I can see why. So I liked much. Him. I liked him oh, a lot as a character. Yeah. And so when I say superficial, I'm not trying to insult the, the... I'm not trying to insult. I'm just saying what we've been presented in the movies, him being a werewolf, is no worse than anything else that's happened in the school, is yeah. what I mean when I say superficial. So I just okay, want to clear okay. up okay. what I mean. I'm sure the books go deeper. Because I was deeper. like, there's a lot more to No, this I'm talking about... Like, yeah, I tip my hat if you're writing something that's like an allegory for how people treated people with AIDS. Like, yeah, good for you. You know, like, that's incredible. And, you know, but I only have seen the movies. And so that's what I mean by superficial with like the danger level. Right. Does not seem like I didn't under it just seemed like another like uh another thing that just another year at hogwarts yeah and so someone almost dies so that's what i mean when i said superficial but i can see why you liked lupin a lot and i actually like wish that he just stayed on oh yeah for for the reasons that i've already said like why is he this big catalyst when so many other ridiculous things have happened so i want to tell you a story um as i was <laughs> first of all as i was watching the the movie and and they introduce lupin and he like stands up and does the expecto patronum um and then later he gives harry chocolate i was like well no wonder i love him the first thing he does is give someone chocolate to call <laughs> the attack. is there a reason why like is the chocolate just because people love chocolate or is there like a deeper reason because i never i think it's well okay so um, well, I I have one other thing I want to say. So my I have a friend named Naja, and hi Naja, if you're listening, and she used to do this thing that I thought was like the cutest, most endearing thing ever. Is it would be like really cold outside, and she always had chocolate, and we like we so there was like a a, a three you know group of us a, a trio when we were in high school, and and we're still friends. But um, she would 
she'd always have chocolate and so like when we would do stuff for each other like we'd be like hey can like mom and Nadge, can you get me a glass of water in the kitchen, you know? so she she'd hand us like pieces of chocolate she'd be like eat this it'll make you feel better Aww, and always like warm my cute. heart because i mean it was it was obviously like in reference sure, to lupin yeah. but it always warmed my heart because i always thought it was just like the cutest most endearing thing so um yeah, and I feel like I should say hi to Val too because she was part of the trio. So hi Val. <laughs> anyway. And, Hello. But um I Oh shit, I totally lost my train of thought. So let me talk about Lupin a little bit okay, more and maybe okay. you'll think of it. Like I I really um I enjoyed his character a lot. I think you told me that maybe Jude Law was supposed to play Lupin. Like you oh, made a mistake. So, yeah, I, I actually want to. And I want to pull up some notes. Real I don't quick think about that, that he would have been. A, I mean, I don't know Lupin from the books, but I think in my head, what I know of Lupin, I feel like the actor. What's it, David Thewlis? David Thewlis. Yeah, I, I actually think he played have... him. I don't know. I liked the way he played him because he kind of had that like Tweety professor look, whereas Jude Law is like kind Too of like pretty. a playboy. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have some corrections on my part that I I messed up on. Um, so the first one being the Quidditch position. So I want to just say I actually saved something. Let me pull this up real quick. Okay. So I was really wrong. <laughs> there's the the seeker I was right about is that it chases the snitch. Then there's three chasers and they chase the quaffle um and throw it through the hoops. And then there's the two beaters and those are the ones that beat the bludgers. And then there's the keeper and that guards the hoops from the opposing chasers. So I said the chasers were the beaters. I just confused them. Um, I also messed up because I like remembered as I was watching the movie that it wasn't about Jude Law being cast as Lockhart. It was about Jude Law. Like it wasn't like I don't think that he was ever it didn't. To me, I looked it up. Like, I had to look up, like, an article. It sounded like he was never actually in, like, the running to play Lupin. It was just that the fans were like, they, he, Lucian, Lupin, uh, uh, I can't talk. Lupin should be played by someone handsome like Jude Law. But to me, like, Lupin's supposed to be kind of like just this rundown looking, like, not like homeless looking but a little bit you know he's just kind of raggedy he doesn't like his clothes aren't really nice and and i think that david thulis did a great job as kind of just like like he looked a little bit tired and worn out you know what i mean and i i like i don't think i would ever want lupin played by anyone else obviously they're re they're like making a new series on hbo about harry potter yeah they're doing like a weird amazon lord of the rings too and i'm just like okay well i guess there's no new ideas anymore no there's not um and uh obviously in that case that's different where they would cast someone that you know is different but um in the movies i would never want anyone but david thulis to play him because i think he did a great job and he really made me fall in, i mean he helped me fall in love with the character i was always i was always uh, a huge fan of lupin i've always loved him so much but i think david thulis really brought him to life on the screen and i think that i don't i don't think i'd want anyone else you know yeah i think i agree i mean as i've stated i don't know the character from anything about this movie but I do think he seemed perfect um, for the role. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And he's just so, he's just so kind, you know? And, and he actually, like, I feel like he was, I like Professor McGonagall, but I feel like she is always, like, slightly distant. 
Yeah, big and I time. feel like he was the first adult to talk to Harry like Harry like to talk to Harry like somebody who actually cared about him. Yeah, and cared about helping him. And I and I I don't really does he come back because I. Loop it. Oh, yeah. I he's feel in like the rest of the series. J.K. Rowling might be like a, a very sadistic and dark person because she <laughs> really tortures really? this poor boy. <laughs> I mean, not like current headlines notwithstanding. She like really tortures this poor boy. And it seems like he, she plopped him into a world where just no one cares about him truly. And so it was nice to see, I mean, besides Ron and Hermione. So it was nice to see an adult actually like take an interest in him in a way that was like yeah this is how like every kid should have adults like this and usually it should be your parents but not every kid is lucky enough for it to be their parents and well and you have to remember that Lupin and Sirius were both really really good friends with James so Mm -hmm. um, they probably feel I mean because Sirius is his godfather so oh do they they say that. Okay, yeah. I was like, Lauren, you'd know that if you watched the movie. <laughs> I did watch I'm just that. kidding. I know you watched it. Yeah, they did say that. Yeah. Um, I know, but I, you know, you can I'm just them. teasing you I because know. you've watched the movies way more than I ever I have. Know, I know, just, I know, I know. Yeah. No, I was talking to some <laughs> friends of mine and they said like Harry Potter is like one big movie to them. Like they can't think they can't yeah. think about what like the different movies. Each I'm pretty hold, good you know? at I'm pretty good at separating them. Yeah, um, but there's little things that yeah, will, like, but there's some yeah. things where I was like, mm-hmm. did they say that he was his godfather yet? Because I they did. Yeah, okay. he overheard it because he was in the room when McGonagall was like clucking like a hen. Oh yeah, in his right. uh, invisible cloak. I love when Cornelius Fudge was like, "There's something weird about that yeah. corner." Wait, n- no, I like weird. how I in the end, <laughs> which is just like to gossip. So. What? Yeah, <laughs> they're like muggles, they're just like us. <laughs> I do want to say, like I do want to say something that I also really liked about the movie is that I really liked the scene in the classroom where Lupin was like having them all. Oh, do the magic, Bogart. and I was like, finally, I'm watching like because all the other magic, like magic class scenes in the movie before this was just like. 10 seconds where oh ron does something ridiculous with his mouse or his rat you know and then like or snape is grumpy oh or my someone gosh. blows up a feather but i really yeah but i really liked that lupin had and even kids like we never see like there was that little girl who i don't even know if she's a character in the book but they had like it really made it look like a school and it really made it look like he was actually teaching them things nothing important that will help them in the real world but <laughs> no i'm just kidding well but, no i'm just harry yes I'm no I'm, the real world yeah the muggle world no, yeah I'm no just, you're right so um so like, i no one that. be an architect or yeah. anything with math like no what, engineers what are we going to do to make money what are we going to do to make money i did i just hesitated because the cat jumped on me but <laughs> so i liked that i liked He's that it resting. showed He's him snuggling being a teacher and it makes sense that he would have to leave because he was the only worthwhile adult. Besides, I do like McGonagall. Besides McGonagall, he seemed like the only worthwhile adult at the school. Oh, I also, like, three seconds into the new Dumbledore, I thought I like him way better as Dumbledore. I know. <laughs> um, he was like, I was he's, he's so much more dynamic. Yes. And he just, like, the, the last guy, no disrespect to him as an actor, but he was like, Harry. <sighs> well, and, and then I mean, he passed away like right after, so it was just like him being old, I guess. Well, you not know, even but he seemed like a. But I, I just think the <laughs> well, new, who's the new Michael Gambon? Michael Gambon, yeah, I love yeah. Michael Gambon, and I think he did a fantastic job. 
Um, there is a part coming up in the fourth one that I will mention when we get to it. But um, yeah, I love Michael Gammon. I think you're right. He's he's much more dynamic. He's like, I think he's he shows like Dumbledore kind of has like a sassy side to him, and I think he really like shows that a lot more. Okay. Um, and he's like a little bit more like fabulous. You know what I mean? <laughs> He, he is. He does seem like kind of like somebody who would do magic and people would cheer. And so he'd do more magic. Right, almost, right. Like he's like, know? let me stroke my beard and yeah. do some magic. And you're like, yeah. And there was something else I also wanted to say. And it made me laugh out loud, which and, and it made me laugh out loud in a legitimate way, not laughing at the movie, which is that hasn't happened in the first two movies. It's in it was when, not that good. It was when the fat lady was singing oh, yeah. and she That's, broke um, she broke the glass herself and she goes it was just with my voice <laughs> and dude, I, I actually, really liked that part i actually was laughing at that part too because she's yeah she like breaks it oh my god just put this out of my voice I, I mean you could just you could just show me that scene and i'll be like yeah okay i like this movie you know obviously it's changed but like uh, hold on i'm gonna look up who it is because i know it, it's a famous actress um i want to say dawn uh, Don French, yeah, Don French. She was in the show, The Vicar of Dibley. Did you ever see that? I didn't. It's pretty cute. It was with Richard Armitage, um, which is why I started watching it because I was like really into Richard Armitage for a while, and and then I was like, okay, she's hilarious, and <laughs> and then I and then I like rewatched the Harry Potter series and I saw that that was her and I was like, she's like she's just so I, she's perfect. Because they kind of didn't have like an actress for like the fat lady in the portrait is what her, her sure, title. Yeah. Um, they didn't really have an actress for her, you know, like or they did, but it was very memorable, you know. But she, yeah, that, I think she's in the other ones too, and she's she's hilarious. So I really <laughs> I'm liked glad that, that you like that. I, too. I laughed out loud, and I was watching it with Mike, and I was like, I said to him, "That was actually funny." <laughs> Like I was surprised. I love the way she said. It reminded me of myself too. Like, is that not something I do? I'd be like, oh my god, I just did this inside of my voice. <laughs> it was incredible. I, I like. It was so unexpected. Uh, it was She's so clever. Great. I know. Which, uh, yeah, it was. It was really good. And they're all like super annoyed with her. Like they just yeah. want to go in their dorms. And she's like, no, let me sing for you. <laughs> It's good. It's good. I'm I'm glad you like that part. Oh, I wanted to say, um, in the when in the Leaky Cauldron, when Harry Potter goes Harry Potter, like we don't know who Harry <laughs> is. Um, there, I don't know if you notice this, but there's a wizard that's breeding a brief, um, yeah, a brief history of time. Yeah, by Stephen Mike Hawking. noticed that, and he's like, I have that same book, and he got it out, and he has the exact like the exact same book, yeah. same cover and everything. So. Isn't that funny? Mike I noticed. Cool. I saw the book, but I didn't see what it was. But Mike actually like, yeah, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I actually have a shit ton of notes. Yeah, I have notes too. I took notes upon notes. Um, I do want to talk about the Dementors a little bit more because I, I think in a different movie, I think the scene where they come on the train is like legitimately spooky oh yeah for sure and um i like the scene like there's like the little cut scene where you see one go by a flower and the flower dies but to go back on my other point i don't like for them to be like oh they're gonna be guarding the school but don't make any of them mad because they don't they don't know the difference between who they're looking for and i was like 
should they be the best things to search for them then? Like, should they be the best things to search for Sirius Black if they yeah. are indiscriminately evil toward? And should they be around the board? Because they're not the really, is, at that point, they're not really protecting Harry or anybody in the school. Right. Because they're equally dangerous. Well, I don't, I actually think the argument of them being evil is interesting because I would not consider them to be evil. Well, okay. I guess they're not evil because their very nature is what they do. So right. yeah, I don't think that they're like, they, they don't have a chance to be like good right. in this instance, but right. they do still. So I, I get what you're saying and I agree with you. Like what they do is evil, but yeah, I don't think like, that they are evil necessarily. Like, like you, know you what wouldn't, mean? yeah, like y- you wouldn't have like a salt shaker filled with poison sitting next to your salt shaker filled with salt you know like, right i mean i would but you know so why no. would you have dementors <laughs> around a, ch- a children's school and why would they be able to just come onto their train yeah i think that's a good question and i think that is you're not the first person to ask that either because you're right like they they're so they're indiscriminate and really what they're doing is feeding so what is you know, like lunch or dinner or breakfast to us is them because I don't know if they really went into like the detail about it or I, I don't know. <laughs> but dementors basically like are sucking out every single feeling of like happiness and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, out of your I body. Did, yeah, I right. did see, I did, they did sort of explain that. So, right. So, like they're almost like evil incarnate. Right. Yeah. It, like, so Harry, um, I mean, and and Lupin said this, Harry fainting is because he's just been through so much bad stuff in his life and seeing his family or his, I mean, he was a baby, so he doesn't really remember, but his parents died. Boy, does he act like he does, though. I mean, (laughs) geez, talk about a drama queen about people you've never met before. Yeah, I mean, like, (laughs) met them when you were, like, one, but you're not, that's, like, a thing that is... If people are like, oh, no, I remember when I was two years old. I'm like, you don't remember when you were two years old because you're not like you. You just don't. You're like, you don't that. Those are memories you don't remember. Like you might have like faint ideas about them or something. And he might have this kind of, you know, trauma where he's pushed it down over the years and he doesn't like quite remember what happens. But then, you know, something triggers it and he goes, oh, yeah, that's right. My parents are killed in front of me. But um, I I just don't think that he would. I mean, because he even says in the first one, like he's like, I thought they died in a car accident and it turns out that they were killed, you know. And so it's and I under I understand him, like, I guess, owning it because he's it's part of his his history it's part of his journey you know is that his parents died and they died to protect him um but he does not let us forget that no he does not (laughs) which (laughs) it is um i mean it is a huge part of the story you know that's the thing is that it's like it's a catalyst for a lot of changes uh but oh i wanted to say this is what i wanted to say before i forget um i don't think they ever explained who the marauders were but the marauder yeah what's the like why what's that map like the marauders map why is i mean it's cool it's a really cool map but i don't know like and i know that the phrase like we solemnly swear we're up to no good is like harry potter fans really love that phrase and stuff but choking on nothing (laughs) choking on nothing (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna take a drink too but i wanted to know the significance of it because i assume that in the book there's more (laughs) (laughs) just 
Take a second. Is it coffee? It's water. Oh, okay. I wanted to know the I wanted to know the significance of the whole thing because I assume in the book it goes deeper and I was just supposed to Big time. Like, in, in the movie it's like you're just supposed to know. Yeah. Like I'm supposed yeah, to like that, squeal that in me. excitement because oh the Marauders map and what are their names? Percy and Uh no, it's Prongs, Padfoot, Wormtail, and Wait, no, I'm talking about the two Weasley boys who gave him the oh, map. Oh, Fred and George. Fred and George were like, like the way they were presenting the map was the way you would present the map to a Harry Potter fan, not yeah. to somebody well, like they me. Don't, they don't know anything about it. But they use it. Yeah, they don't know anything about it other than then they use it. Mm. They have no information about the history. But Lupin does. Oh, and that's why he recognized it. Right. So there's Padfoot is serious. Black. Mm-hmm. Prongs is James. Potter. Um, oh, okay. Mooney is Lupin because he's a werewolf. Of course. And Wormtail is Peter Pettigrew. Oh, that Because he turns shit. into a rat. Yeah, fuck Peter Pettigrew. Um, <laughs> by the way, Timothy Spall. He's perfect. He's perfect. Yeah. I know. Love him. He's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did. I mean, notice, it, and I don't know like if they Lupin, explain it they later. Make Peter Pettigrew anybody but him. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. yeah, keep going. I know. Sorry. Timothy, Timothy Spall. I was actually watching. Um, I was watching Princess and the Frog with, you know, the cartoon with. Um, with uh, my friend Emily and the entire time I was watching there was this one character that I was like I swear that's Timothy Spall and I like looked it up and I was like oh that's not him and I was like disappointed because it looked like him and he acted like him (laughs) and he even sounded like him and I was like and then when it was like some just random guy I was like how dare you? <laughs> I was like, how dare how you not be Timothy Spall? Um, anyway, go ahead about the Marauders. Man. Yeah, so what they did when... Um, see, this is like this is what I'm not sure if they explain later, but I don't think they do. I think they explain it in the third one. So I'm just going to tell you because it doesn't really... I would really, like you to just tell me. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you. Because who cares if they explain it later, then I'll just know. Because everybody... Yeah, it's not, and it's not I mean, like... It's not a... Yeah. Um, it's not a spoiler. Sure. Yeah. It's like you've it's already not like seen what it. What happens at the end of all the movies. Right, right. So when Lupin, uh, when they were, you know, all went to school together, they all went to Hogwarts together. And Lupin. Were they there with Tom Riddle? Uh, no, Tom Riddle was there before them. Oh, yeah. It was like he's 50s. a lot older okay. than them. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry, keep that's going. Okay. Uh, I, think Ta- I think Voldemort's supposed to be like in his 70s in this. Jeez. So, yeah, he's supposed to be like much older. But um, so. Lupin was a werewolf, and they actually they actually planted the um. Do you just sneeze? No, I'm good. Okay, <laughs> they actually planted the Whomping Willow, so oh. that Lupin could escape to the Shrieking Shack, and that's why it became. They, and they don't have oh, this because okay. I had to look it up. I had to look it up in the book. Um, that's why there was like a little thing underneath the yeah, willow. so that he could go there, and that's why it's called the Shrieking Shack because when he would go, he would transform and he would just wreck stuff and like m- scream and whatever, and that's why they thought it was haunted, and oh. that's why no one goes in there because they're all like, no, Jeez. that place is super haunted. Yeah. But um, what the other boys did is they all learned transfiguration which is what mcgonagall teaches okay and tran- and they learned how to transform themselves into different animals what were they called like anna anna animagus Ana- yeah 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 Ana-Magus. so she's an animagus too sure um yeah. it's a very rare quality not a lot of people can Seems have like it it's uh, pretty easily learned <laughs> though doesn't it <laughs> I'm, um, I I kid I kid. All right, go ahead. So I don't. I always wondered, like, okay, so so James turns into a deer, right? That's his. That's also his patronus. That's why he's called Prongs, right? 
Oh, is that why? So he's a buck. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then Padfoot is a dog, you know, so Padfoot. And then Wormtail, obviously a rat. But I always wondered, so all your friends are these big animals and you chose a tiny little rat (laughs) to run along with them? Like, you're always going to be like, guys, wait for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's like maybe you turn into something that your personality is like the true vision of your personality. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, Padfoot is would be a cute dog's name, I think. Right? <laughs> and I think, you know, if you're a Harry Potter fan, name your dog Padfoot. If, if you're cute. a Harry Potter fan, you probably name your kid Padfoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, when the seventh comes along, I have quite a few things to say about the things that they name their kids, but whatever. Who has kids? Harry has kids? They all have kids. In the books? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Do well, they show them in the movies? They're like adult, yeah. I mean, I knew that they were like teen <sighs> pregnant. I have a lot to say Hogwarts, about that too because I... We'll get it. We'll oh, get there when we get there. You've just reminded me of one small thing <laughs> okay. and that I think this was also the first movie where I think the three main kids did uh, pretty well and they didn't look awkward or seem awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all growing into be Hollywood stars who are... Yeah, pretty yeah. good looking. But I also wanted to mention too. So last time we talked about how Hermione should have been Ravenclaw, but remember the scene where she stood in front of Harry and said, "If you kill him, you kill us too." That's what I mean about her being a brave kid. Remember in the Shrieking Shack? Oh, for when yeah, they were going to kill she Peter thought, Pettigrew. Yeah, she thought that oh, they were going to kill Harry. Wow. Yeah, and she stood in front of him and she said, "No, you kill him, you kill Jeez, us too." Yeah. She's a brave kid. That is pretty brave. Yeah. So she that's exactly what like I'm getting goosebumps talking about that. Like, oh, I just love this series so much. <laughs> I have so many feelings about it. Um, so I thought that like the kids like, did really well in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think Emma Watson is still really stiff, but I Honestly, I love her as Hermione. I wouldn't like sure they could choose someone better, but I, I don't I don't I wouldn't have wanted them to, you know? I think that she did she did a great job. Yeah. So anyway. Um So they made the map. So Why they made did the they map. make the map just because they wanted to So they to could know. sneak around oh, sure, and, cool. and sneak to um yeah. you know uh, what is it, Diagon Alley and or Diagon yeah. Alley? Yeah, Di- <laughs> Diagon Alley. Uh, that's something that I want to talk to you about. Hogsmeade. Um, oh, Hogsmeade. That's what I meant. They so, could go to Hogsmeade. So Harry didn't get a signature for his permission slip, and McGonagall was like, "Sorry, we need a guardian." And I was like, "Surely you're his guardians. You you care for them nine months of the year. You can't allow him to go to a city like that's seemed really dumb and like." children's bookish to me because it's like you are his guardians technically his his family not his family but all these kids families are entrusting you with their children's lives and they need a permission slip they sleep here like i thought that was stupid and i and i that's like i still like i get pulled out every once in a while and i have to remind myself that it's like a children's book and when you're 10 years old and your dad or mom didn't sign your permission slip that's like a big deal but in my mind i'm like I'm in charge of your well-being 24 hours a day, but they don't trust me to take you to a little city. But I know that, like, then he got the Marauders map, and then he was able to sneak out. So it, it all, like, fed into something else. But it, it is something that, like, I'm kind of, I kind of think is a weird detail for her. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think the thing is that um, I think McGonagall is very stick to the rules, you know? And I think that in a case like this, I can understand why she wouldn't want to. She's like, you know, 
she's probably like, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And honestly, I, I don't blame her. But my, <laughs> but I don't, I don't understand why he lives there. I, I think it's just part of the rules, you know. Sometimes rules don't have to have a reason; they can be arbitrary, you know. That's. Yep. So you yeah, it. that's so, true. Like, well, no, it is true. And by saying that, it's like the rule that needs a signature is arbitrary as well. I mean, my first thought was just forge. Vernon's yeah. Signature. Why didn't he like he he was okay with like almost like, he was okay with murdering a woman in cold blood because he said to his uncle or he said to Vernon she got what she deserved and I was like so Harry Potter is vengeful using his magic outside of school. He's okay if she f- just floats away and dies, but he won't. Uh, he won't forge a signature. I mean, I don't think he. He probably didn't think she was gonna die. But what, what did he think was gonna happen to her? She's probably just gonna float away, and someone would find her and float you know. away until she got super high and you ran know out what? of oxygen. Maybe Marge shouldn't have been such a bitch. <laughs> you know what? I thought that was really weird that they had the audacity to make her character call his mom a bitch. Oh, yeah. Like, that's pretty well, crazy. Well, she didn't call her a bitch, but she said... In a, I, in a, in a roundabout way. She, she did. did. Yeah, she did. Yeah. I mean... I mean, that's how they... Ca- that's what they call female dogs. Right, right. More than here. But it's still, like... It's not an accident. Yeah, when it there's something wrong accident. with the bitch, there's something wrong with the papa. Yeah, Honestly, I don't blame Harry for reacting the way he did. I would have been like, you know what, Marge? Go fuck yourself. The thing <laughs> like, is, blow you up. I think it's weird. I don't blame him for reacting the way he did, but I think it's weird that he did absolutely nothing to stop it. I think that's weird because that's like super <laughs> I'm like, vengeful. Whatever. <laughs> I Well, I think... I think that what likely happened is he did it, flipped out, knowing that he was going to be in huge trouble, probably be locked into his room. And that's why he was like, fuck it. I'm going to book the shit out of here and I'm not even going to worry about it because he knew that if he stayed, he would get he probably wouldn't go back to Hogwarts. I mean, think about it. They no, would- I know. I know. It's, yeah, I, I know. Like, I understand. I'm just thinking like he didn't even like try to keep her alive i mean there's a lot of terrible people in in our lives but i don't try to murder any of them (laughs) and if i did accidentally injure one of them even i would even if they were a horrible person i would say something like that was an accident i'm very sorry let me try to help you that doesn't mean we're best friends it just means i'm not uh gonna go on a murderous rampage every time somebody insults my mother rampage um there's that's like an archer reference i know you don't watch the show but he goes on rampages all the time um and he does kill a lot of people but i i i get what you're saying but to me i think it was just like a a panicked reaction no i get it i just don't know why he didn't do anything about it after he like after the panic well okay so maybe because he he was still panicked he probably yeah he probably like honestly he probably didn't care like it's and i don't i don't blame him like he's he's been abused for so long and now he finally gets this like sweet sweet revenge you know i'd be like i mean she's an awful person but i still think it's like i'd be like oops my bad (laughs) (laughs) you know like mm, um my fingerprints aren't on that body. That's <laughs> terrible. But like She ugh. shouldn't have called his mom a bitch. No, she definitely shouldn't have. And she was just so like and she was so rude to him, like snapping at him with her fingers, like, you know, like, do this. You know, it was just like 
I still don't know why they don't like Harry. Like that seems so arbitrary. They don't like to him because he's he's Lily's do- uh, he's Lily's son. That's the only reason. Because she was a witch. Why they even take him in? Maybe they felt an obligation to just like keep a kid to hate. I don't know. I, you know, people who want control. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't, I'm like trying to be like philosophical here, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I, that's all I could say is I, I just, just don't know. It's, it's so it's, bonkers to me. It's I think that Petunia like there's there's like a deleted scene later in like the sixth or seventh one where she talks about how um, she talks. It's it's like kind of it's kind of like a redeeming scene, but you're still like, well, you abused him for years and years, so you're not really redeemed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll I'll find it later once we get there. But um, where she kind of explains how she feels or something or how she felt about the situation or Petunia, I mean, so that might explain it later, but I don't want to show it to you until no, yeah, because I mean, that's not. I don't think it's until the seventh one. Yeah. Um, I do want to say um, just a couple things. Okay, so first of all, Buckbeak, I think you might like this, you might enjoy this, Is was used um, as part puppetry and CGI. Oh, cool. Yeah, so like the head was puppetry, so when he was like petting the head, it was like an actual puppet, and then obviously flying was CGI and stuff like what? that. But I thought that was cool. <laughs> that is cool. That, yeah. was, that is cool. You And I think that that shows because it looked yeah realistic when he was petting him and i thought that they did that maybe with fox too in the second one when she like when fox was crying on his arm that it looked like it was a puppet over cgi Mm -hmm. and i was like i fucking appreciate that so much because as we've talked about this before puppetry is a dying art and it is a great art and it should not be dying because cgi is it gets it looks old really quickly yeah. you know like it looks bad the book of boba fett is actually like um i don't think it's necessarily the greatest star wars story but they do use a lot of makeup and puppets so it's pretty awesome in that regard i really appreciate that um that's on disney plus if anyone wants to watch it they, they really embrace puppetry and i didn't even makeup. know that was a thing so the book of boba fett yeah i'm not like a big i i like star wars but i would say i'm more indifferent about it than anything else like i if someone wants to watch it totally i don't dislike it it just would never be a thing that i would actively seek out you know yeah yeah. i do want to talk about buckbeak though um and (laughs) i was really disturbed that i thought it got executed and i thought that's sort of like just added another notch in my head of like that JK Rowling might just be like a really dark person (laughs) because I was like, she had, and I, I still think it's really weird that the world of Harry Potter has an executioner with a giant ax instead of just giving an animal lethal injection. Yeah. I think that's, it's an extraordinarily brutal way to kill something. Yeah. And I think also like, it really bothered me when they were in the pumpkin patch and they were leaving uh, Hagrid's house and Buckbeak like looked at them so innocently. And I was like, what am I watching? Like that, 
really bothered me. And I'm actually, I'm on, I'm relieved. I, I, cause I assumed the whole time, like someone's going to save him. Cause Harry said to him, it's going to be all right. Hagrid. Like he knew something, but he didn't know anything. No, he didn't. He just was just saying, he was stuff. just trying to be comforting. Yeah. And so, and nobody rescued him at first. Like you think nobody rescued him. And I was like, this movie is messed up. Like this is a messed up story that they would, not only that they would kill an animal, but also that they would kill it that way and we would see it from a distance. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, but I, I still thought that that was pretty dark. And uh, I also think it's really weird that Dumbledore seems to know all these happenings at Hogwarts. He put a plan in place for them to rescue Buckbeak and he knew that he seemed to know that Sirius Black wasn't actually a bad guy. And in the hospital, he said something to the effect of like, no one's going to believe 13 year old kids. And I was like, yeah, but somebody would believe you, Dumbledore. And I think it's pretty right. weird that he never spoke up once. Like Hagrid was doing his job. He told the kids how to approach Buckbeak. He told them specifically. Yeah, it was Malfoy that was being the Malfoy, little shit about Malfoy it. Malfoy did whatever he wanted. And so, and My I understand. My hear about this. Like, I get that Lucius Malfoy is like a dick and he just gets what he wants because he's powerful. But at the same and time, rich. like nobody, it seems like Dumbledore was just like, no, instead of speaking up and using the authority that I have, I'm just going to have you guys time travel and, and then, and then, and I have more to say about the time travel that we'll get to, but I'm just talking, I just want to talk about Buckbeak right now. And so I thought you could have just spoke up initially and been like, you know, from what I hear and from the children's eyewitness and from Hagrid is that Malfoy was acting out and he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. I don't think an innocent animal should be murdered because he misbehaved. We can send him to a... A, an animal like a farm that you know like a right or we can set him free or we can do all these things we don't have to keep him at hogwarts yeah because i'm sure like hippogriffs that. have a place where sure. they live you like, know they have like, to come from somewhere like i bet they live in the mountains i feel so, like a mountain animal i don't know why yeah like we, i always we can get send that ma- mountain vibe from hippogriffs you know like, like yeah we can send him somewhere like a reserve or something we don't have to keep him at hogwarts but there's no reason an innocent animal should die i totally 100 agree with that and, and also animal cruelty it's like well, like why would you ever execute something like they have a hospital ring with wing where they can regrow bones and they don't have like a lethal injection that they can give an animal. So it just goes to sleep. That's messed you know, up. I think there's a lot of things about the wizarding world yeah. that are like really ass backwards sure, or bass backwards. <laughs> yeah, what I was trying to say um, bass backwards where it's like. It seems like they are super advanced, but at the same time, you're like, but are they? Yeah. yeah. You know, because like, well, first of all, you're like what you said um, in an earlier episode, you said that like they all wear these like Victorian style clothing, like the Victorian age happened in the 1800s. It ended in 1901 when King, was it King Edward became king. King, <laughs> I was going to say president, but then I was when like, Queen "That's Queen Victoria right. died." And Queen Victoria died, and and I think it, yeah, it was nineteen nineteen oh one or like nineteen hundred. Either way, it was like right around there. It was like right at the cusp of that, and you know, and then we went into the Edward Edwardian era. Um, I'm really obsessed with the Victorian, and like I really love all that shit. But all that shit, you oh, love it, yeah. love it. I, I eat love pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Lo- <laughs> <laughs> I love, love, love the Victorian age. I think it's weird and dark and scary and awesome and oh i just just love it anyway um 
and they have all these like things where they can you know like magic like they're i mean shit i wish i could magic my dishes to clean themselves like it's just like stuff like that but then they have and they have all these like advances in technology or like not technology but uh medicine and stuff like that but then they're yeah like brutally killing some creature unnecessarily as well like dumbledore just could have said something or used his power yeah i and well and i think that i think the the thing is that is lucius probably went over his head went to fudge went to cornelius fudge and was like this is what happened to my kid and you sure. absolutely cannot have this but it's also but it, i mean dumbledore is the head of the school so he should have his well he has like to speak up right and and the thing is dumbledore has a lot of power within the wizarding community like people really respect I would him think so. yeah yeah so it's it's and i, I think it's i don't know i mean it, it's just like you raise a really good question because there's a lot of practices where you're kind of like is this right? Is this what we should be doing? Like as a modern group of people, like you all have magic at your hands, but you guys are are stuck in this like old fashioned mindset. And I really have never even thought about that before until you pointed that out. So no, I love it. It's great because it makes me think deeper about. I would have, I would have hated this movie if he actually, I was prepared at that moment when I saw them, the axe fall, I was like, I don't care what happens. I think that this movie is, I don't think it can't redeem itself. And it did actually, because it never, he never <laughs> yes. actually got his head cut off. It was right. always a pumpkin because of the time travel thing. So I was like, thank God, because that's messed up otherwise. Yeah. But also I need to know. Uh, so when Harry and Hermione come back from time traveling and they're in the hospital and Ron's like, where'd you guys come from? And they just like pretended like Ron was crazy and they didn't tell him they were time traveling. And in my head, I'm like, so Ron for the rest of his life is going to think he witnessed a brutal execution of the hippogriff or do they eventually tell him that they saved the hippogriff? Oh, my God. I'm going to look it up. You know what? (laughs) That's why I brought this. There's a couple things actually that um, are wrong. Okay. So let me talk about let's talk about when. Um, if we're just gonna get, we're just gonna get into that whole thing. So first of all, um, Sirius drags Ron into. Well, he's like grabbing scabbers, but Ron has scabbers, so mm-hmm. he's dragging him into the Shrieking Shack, right? And then, um, you know, there's Lupin, and then Snape comes and whatever, and all the kids and whatever. So uh, Snape is knocked out like right away. Yeah. Okay. So, so he is no witness to what is, has happened. Yeah. He does. He pretty much what happens with him is as they're leaving, they're like making him float like with magic and he like hits magic. his head a bunch of times oh, and geez. they're like, oops, he hit his head. Like my bad. Weakened at Bernie's stuff. Yeah. Like they didn't. They were like, whatever. And Lupin starts turning into a werewolf. Snape is still unconscious. He never protects them. Oh, okay. Now, this bugs me that they made him do that because Snape is not a good man, okay? Like, you, and you will see that more as the, as the movie goes, the movies go on. So the fact that they showed him in such a favorable, heroic light really pisses me off because he is not a hero. Oh, <laughs> it's like interesting. He, and there's a lot of like, I don't know if you're familiar with the word. they make st- him seem like he has like this moral high ground in the movies. But No, yeah. not really. I mean, there's, he kind of has a redemption later, like a little bit, but Snape is always going to be questionable as far as his character goes. He's not a good person. Like he's, he's 
cruel. He's unkind. He treats Harry like crap, which we're going to get into later. And I'm still not going to spoil it for you. Um, and the like, and I, I like that it happened. No, I can't. I'm, I don't know how to explain this. I like that it happened in the movies because of how it was done. Like I was like, oh, Snape is protecting them. But I also wish that they hadn't done it because it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? So like I liked it because I like Alan Rickman. Sure. But I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, so he's unconscious the entire time. And so then everything happens. And when they come back and all this, you know, they've set Buckbeak free and Sirius free. Um, they do explain it to Ron. But like in the book, it's literally just like a passing, like you explain it. Like Harry's like, Hermione, you explain it. And then that's it. And that's the Mm. end of the chapter. So um, that bugged me, the Snape thing, because it's just like, it's like, (laughs) there's, what I was going to say is, are you familiar with the word like Stan? Like, um, not like a name, but Stanning, like a fan? I mean, familiar, I know I think I kind of know what it is, but I like if you ask me the nuts and bolts of what it means, I don't. I'm I not like I'm not really like familiar with it a either. Pop culture thing, but I don't actually like. I would never use it because in a sentence, right, or right. in it, a post or anything. It's it's basically like a really really big fan, like oh, a stan okay. of a uh, Snape is like, no, he's never done anything wrong in his life. He's perfect, and it's like, oh sure. There's like a lot of stands out there of Snape that like really put him in a favorable light, and the fact that they put him in a favorable light in this movie should have not happened. And I see. And like, I mean, he was unconscious the whole time. And he was also, I mean, he was like, he was going to turn Sirius in. Like, he didn't care at all whether or not Sirius was, was innocent or know? guilty. Did he know the story of Sirius? I don't think so. Okay. So he, think, well, I don't he was think just anyone operating really under, knew, yeah. you know? Because and, and, he was framed by right, Peter Pettigrew, right? Right, right. Peter, the, the coward Pettigrew. <laughs> and uh, I mean, just like a sniveling piece of crap. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Just so, ugh, that worm. I think it's interesting <laughs> uh, that the map said who Scabbers really was. Yeah. Uh, and nobody put it together before. Like, like Ron's brothers were the owners of the map, and they they were never around. Like, it's weird. Scabbers says his name is Peter Pettigrew. Like, it just yeah. never happened. Maybe they didn't know who Peter Pettigrew was. They just thought he was another student. Because Harry knew who he was because of what he learned from Lupin. Or I think no, he heard it in uh, the when he was up in the room and in Hogsmeade. In oh his, yeah, that's right, that's, that's right. McGonagall was like, "They killed Peter Pettigrew. All they found was a finger or something." Yeah, so it feel it seems like Fred and George would know who Peter Pettigrew was then. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't think you'd think a name was another student yeah. for very long, especially in a small school like that. You know, it's yeah. I don't, I don't know. There's definitely. Just chalk it up to one of those things. You you just have to yeah. like suspend your disbelief. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Sure. And you know, and Fred and George, they're what, fifteen years old, you know, they're pretty young. I think at that age, you don't really care about what's outside of your own circle. You know what I mean? You're kinda like, this is my sphere and this is what's happening, and I don't like because you're just you're a teenager. Your your brain's just not developed to that level yet where you're thinking about other people outside of like your own world, you know? Um so that could be part of it. I think it maybe just could be like a teenage boy thing, you know, and um, which makes sense. You know, I, I, I've i certainly been there where I'm like, oh, I didn't notice that. Hmm, maybe I should have. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. um, let's see. I want to see my other notes. Did you have any other questions? Uh, just focusing on Buckbeak uh, in that situation. 
I think I've said my piece. Uh, but I do actually... I mean, if we're going to get into the ending, we can always go back unless okay. you have... I don't have anything other than... And I can't tell you why, but the part where Harry was talking to Hermione and he was like talking about Sirius like and him living in the country. And he's like, I bet, I bet Sirius would love that. He'd love to see the sky. And I was like, and I was like, oh my God, no, 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 no. I was like sitting there like... Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> like, then I can't tell you why I was crying because it's a spoiler. So, well, no, I mean he spent what twelve years in Azkaban prison. So, yeah, I mean, did you, is... you've heard that meme before, right? Like I did my waiting twelve years of it in Azkaban. No, you've never heard that before. Mm -mm, no. Well, now you know where it's from. So if you ever if like, I, and now I'll probably see it everywhere. That's now you're gonna, works. yeah. Now you can use it. You'd be like, I did my waiting twelve years of it in Azkaban. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. I wanted to say that I really liked the time travel aspect and this was the first movie of the three where I felt like the um, the climax and the resolution were legitimate. Yes. Um, the first one was like, oh, his mother loved him. Lucky. That <laughs> defeated it. And the second one was like, you have to beat the, defeat the snake, but the sorting hat is going to give you a sword and, you know, <laughs> It's it's much better in the book. Sure, I'm, not, I'm only going on the movies, but this one actually felt like an adventure story. Yes. And I liked how Hermione, I liked how I didn't really, re I knew she was up to something throughout the movie. Oh, yeah, because well, Ron what. kept going yeah, like, like where did she here? come from? But I even <laughs> noticed, like, in the first, uh, when they were reading the tea leaves in the first class, I was like, Hermione was not in the scene before this. And she suddenly appeared, and then obviously Ron called attention to it. So I knew that there was something going on. Right. And I like that Professor McGonagall gave it to her because she saw like a studious person, I guess, who wanted to like yeah. go to multiple classes at once. And <laughs> I don't. And so I am not that person, <laughs> by the way. I'm like, I'm like, well, I get overwhelmed easily, one class at a time. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people are like that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, also like I was doing one class at a time, but but it was also like five weeks long, and I was working oh, full time. Well, accelerated so. classes are a beast. Yeah. Like, oh I, yeah. There's I, I know because when I was doing it, and I was I was working full time. Um, my my parents were like, why can't you do two at once? And I'm like, I cannot do two classes <laughs> no. at once and work full time. Like, I could feasibly do three if I wasn't working at sure, all. Sure, but, but they're yeah, purposefully like very dense. Yeah, because they're oh short. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and they're like you you know, like at the end of them, I had to write like a bunch of you know long papers, which is I'm <laughs> I'm totally a Hermione when it comes to writing essays because I'm like I get to write an essay. Oh my gosh, <laughs> how exciting! <laughs> like, you do like to do that. I do like to write essays. Um, I I mean it's a lot easier to write about stuff that you care about, but like, so I was able to write about like, um, like Edmund Kemper and like Jody Arias. And I was like, so my true crime little heart was like, yes. <laughs> but then I had to write one about, uh, the AW Phillips curve, which is the most boring curve in the world. <laughs> Where is it? Like France or something? No, it's not a literal place. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so I thought the time travel aspect was very cool and very creative and I just, I thought that it was the first real, like, okay, you know, this is, this is what I kind of expected all of them to be. But so far, they haven't been like that. And um, yeah, it really starts to pick up in the third one. Yeah. And I also 
was like, I felt really bad for Harry. And I <laughs> have you seen like it's just like it's making like a weird resurgence. It's the Elmo Rocco thing from Sesame Street where there's a character. There's a there's know. a Muppet. There's a Muppet on Sesame Street named Zoe and she has like a pet rock. And Elmo so just cute. like Elmo just like cannot get like he cannot get on board with the fact that a pet rock is like she's like um what's the word that I'm looking for when you give like human characteristics to an inanimate object? Oh, um like anthropomorphic? No, that's more like making them look humanish. That's like the bears in the Charmin the commercial. Yeah, I can't think of the word. We I, both decided we hate those bears in the Charmin anyway, commercial. Anyway, <laughs> she's like, yeah. They're, why are they so concerned? They're so fucking creepy. I can't stand them. Um, so, uh, there was, well, and then the one commercial about the Charmin bears where he talks about how he, he doesn't leave skid marks on his underwear, I think is like where they should have stopped. But It's just so bad. <laughs> so she's giving this rock like human characteristics and she's like, the rock wants a cookie too. And Elmo's like, Elmo's like, how can a rock eat a cookie? <laughs> Tell Elmo. <laughs> and then so when Harry was so like, cute. when Harry was like, no. My dad is going to come save him. I wanted Hermione to be like, how can your dad come save you? Tell me. Because <laughs> I was like, Harry, even that that logic. I mean, I've been watching Harry Potter for three movies now. And the logic of your dad protecting you seems a little bit far fetched. Right, right. And uh, so I thought it was really sad um, that he thought that. And then he waited. And obviously his dad didn't come. But then he's powerful enough to save them. Which oh, is yeah. Pretty cool. Well, you also have to remember that he was not being attacked by the Dementors. So like or he was not being like as affected by them because they were more. They were getting right, serious. Right. Yeah. And, and they and were getting himself. serious. They were getting yeah. serious and him, his other version of himself. Um, but. His dad's Patronus is also a deer. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like there's a lot of like heavy emotions involved with that because it's just like, oh, man, that's just so like it just it hurts you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always I always am think I always think about this whenever I see the Patronus thing. I'm always like, what would mine be? <laughs> you know, and I think mine would be a cat. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think yours would be? Probably like a a little terrier. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> like a little like get out of here! I'll bark at you. I will kill you. Yeah. I will chew at your heels. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. I mine would be talk- my kitty. My kitty bear going no. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly batting a paw. Yeah, I I said no. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that comic. That's like, uh, it's like. Uh, the Titanic. Well, it's like the board that Rose and Jack were holding on to, and there's a cat sitting on it, and Rose is like trying to get on it, and it's like pip pip pip. It's like batting at her hand to keep her from getting on. It makes me laugh. So true, because I my cat loves to. I'll take a shower. My cat loves to be in the in the bathroom with me while I take a shower. I guess he just likes the heat or something, like the warmth and the heat. Um, and. I will like lay on the floor and he will like tap his like paw on my head. <laughs> like, are you okay? <laughs> What's up, human? <laughs> so I liked, I I did, I liked the time travel aspect. And I liked how they even, because I was thinking like, how are they going to resolve this time traveling of them? So I like that they like pop in as they're popping out. Yeah. I thought that that yeah. was, you know, because time travel, like if you get in the minutiae, you're going to get caught in the weeds. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I like yeah. that. I like when movies with time travel just sort of like, 
all right, it's over. We're done. This is how we're explaining it. And we move on. Right. And um, and it makes sense with like how the context of the, the movie or sure. the, the, the story goes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the whole thing could have been avoided if Dumbledore would just like speak up. But since he wasn't going to, I appreciated the time travel. But yeah, I, um, I, I don't know if there was some politics there or something or I don't know. I wanted to talk about Sirius Black for a minute. Okay. And uh, he's actually probably like, I wouldn't say he's close to Lupin, but he's he's definitely like one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, I I I like how it was very sweet of him to offer Harry to come live with him. I know. And I was thinking like my emotions. I mean, Sirius has just met this my kid. Emotions. Like maybe I guess maybe Sirius knew him as a baby, but really Sirius has not been around him for 12 years right. and he already cares enough about him to try to get him out of a terrible situation and let him yeah, come live with him and I was like up with wow okay but I wanted to talk about something that that reminded me of so um uh so there's this movie and it's an awful movie and it's called seven pounds it stars will smith and oh Rosario Dawson. yeah did you I, ever see it no but i know what okay. you're talking about i so, kind i wanted to see it don't because i'm gonna ruin is it, it for, really? i'm okay. spoiling it for you no go for it uh, so um I, there's a reason i didn't watch it i don't know why so just, years and years ago uh i had cable and i had like a free hbo trial so i would just like have hbo on a lot because there's lots of movies and that's how i happened to see it right i didn't seek it out it was just on so i was kind of like watching it and the premise is pretty ridiculous. So Will Smith's character uh, it, like caused an accident that killed like six people or something. So a few years after that, he's like donating various organs to people like to try to atone for his own sins or something. And he meets Rosario Dawson and he starts falling in love with her and she has like heart failure. So she needs a heart transplant. But I had to look up the Wikipedia plot for like little minutia and it said in the wikipedia that and on wikipedia it said that her she had a rare blood type so the odds of getting a transplant were very like rare of course so anyway so he meets her and she doesn't know that he's like donating some organs at this time like he's done it i'm i'm trying to like understand bad. how he's donating like, organs a other kidney. Than a kidney. yeah i don't remember exactly <laughs> like, what else he does but anyway because you said that and i was like he can really only donate one i which feel is like he did i don't remember i don't i honestly don't remember how many organs okay. he donated but okay. up he's to like, this take point my left lung i'm like buddy you're gonna need that i hate to tell you <laughs> so he falls in love with rosario dawson and they like spend the night together and Ooh. so she has this she's she's like if she doesn't get a transplant she will she will pass away but she's sort of okay in the moment i mean they don't have a lot of time but she's sort of okay and and they like spend the night together they have sex and then they're cuddling and he says like, what if we got married? And it's supposed to be like this very romantic scene. And she sort of gets emotional, like how bittersweet it is. Because him saying, what if we got married is like, I know that we don't have a lot of, like, in her mind, it's like, I know we don't have a lot of time left. But what if we got married and we had this life together? And I know it sucks that we can't have a whole life together. But, you know, what if we got married? And it sounds romantic from her perspective, because she's like, but bittersweet, because she knows that whatever time they have together is very limited. Right. But he knows that he's going to be killing himself so she can have his heart like pretty much that afternoon. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, yeah, you could say whatever you want to a woman. You don't ever have to do anything. You don't have to marry her. Like you could say, what if we get married? It's like paradise by the dashboard light. It's pretty bad. It's, and I remember thinking as I was watching it, I was like, this movie is 
well it's awful anyway but i was like what because he kills himself in such a ridiculous way he orders like a a rare i think it's like a rare um jellyfish and puts it in a bathtub and then gets in the bathtub with it and it like shocks him and like electrocutes him so he dies but they can still use his heart okay and so so this is <laughs> getting ridiculous this poor woman uh a man just said what if we get married to her and then he committed suicide and sure she gets a new heart because he happens to be a match of course of course he is she gets a new heart but now she has to deal with the grief of the grief of the fact that the man who loved her and wanted to marry her also committed suicide that day what the fuck so i was thinking when yeah that serious, really makes me not want to watch the movie don't now. watch it i'm sad that i watched it because it was not no good. i don't think i that doesn't uh, that sounds kind of so stupid when Sirius black says to harry like maybe you could come live with me and then later that day he he says to Harry, like, listen, man, I'm a tumbleweed blown in the wind and you just can't live with me now. So my life's just going to be a mess. So I don't think it's going to work out. And then he flies off into the, like the moon set. And I was like, yeah, OK, so Sirius can say whatever he wants. And then he can just say my life's going to be a mess. And then he can send him like expensive gifts. So Harry thinks that, you know, I know that there's more to it than that. Right. But that's what it yeah. reminded me of where it's just like babe i know i said those things but look you can't i can't be tied down i can't be tied babe, down. i know i said the things i thought but <laughs> so anyway so uh, I but lied. i do like i don't think that that was his intention like his intention was that he really would want harry to live oh with him, for sure things yeah. just got awry because once again dumbledore just won't speak up well yeah i mean he's now a fugitive but essentially dumbledore, like i feel like why won't dumbledore speak for him he sent them back he told them to go back in time why why is this why is this a situation where Sirius just has to either like get the death eaters kiss or uh run for the run for the life. run for the rest of his life when there is a grown wizard who is so respected that he can run a boarding school raising other wizards and he won't say anything i you don't do raise a good question about that i don't know if it explains it in the book either i and feel I like it doesn't think, like, why is Sirius the first person in Harry's life to care about what his living situation is? <laughs> you make a really good point on that. because So, so I, well, I just wanted to tell that humorous story about that awful movie. Like, I think he was like, he really would let have let. And I think that, of course, him saying that was like the kiss of death and something is going to happen. Right, but right. I... I do really like Sirius. Yeah. Like I, I you have no idea. <laughs> I do en- enjoy his character, and I really enjoyed Gary Oldman. So yeah, he's he's great as Sirius. Yeah, he's not in it very much. So to say, I enjoyed his character is kind of like, eh, but I did. I liked. I think you will like him. More. I think I, think I, like I liked him. how like I liked that he was a prisoner in a terrible place and wrongfully accused, and he's actually very noble. And he cares about Harry when no one else seems to really care about Harry. I know. I don't. I know. I, you know, it's, you, I know you make a lot of good points and it's like, it's stuff that maybe I just accepted when I was a kid and I just haven't thought about or questioned, you know, because it's just kind of like, well, whatever. Um, But I like that you're raising points that I've like never even thought of because it's stuff that I'm like, well, damn, why does he, is he the only one that cares about it? Like, no, I guess I have thought about that, but you're right. Why does Dumbledore not go? Listen, it was Peter Pettigrew. He's alive. He's a fucking animagus and he's out there. And if you find a rat with one missing toe, it's probably him. You like, know? Why don't the, like, yeah, can't the Dementors just 
uh, go hunting for the rat instead. Maybe they, maybe animals aren't affected by them, but then you see that flower. So yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I, that's a good, well, he's not an animal. He's not an animal. He's a human. He's just, he yeah. transformed into an animal. So, yeah. oh, and I also, I figured out that Lupin was a werewolf. Uh, Did you? In the middle of the movie because, so yeah, what was the part? Where did you figure it out? Because I want to talk about the Bogart. I I did. Oh um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, when Snape was like teaching the class, I was like, for I I got kind of pissed off. Hundred and ninety four. Dante page hundred thirty one. I up. No, it's really good. I like it. Um, so when Snape came in the classroom randomly and said like, "Your teacher is not able to teach at this moment," I was super pissed because I was like. Things just happen for no reason in this in this school, and there's no explanation. And I I, I cannot get on board with this because why all of a sudden is Lupin just not available? And and <laughs> and then he teaches about werewolves and on a what is it on a magus on a magus, and he puts Hermione in her place. And anyway, <laughs> and I didn't think anything of it at that point. I was just like, just another example of things that just happen, and they don't tell us why. And then later in the movie, when Harry is uh, following the map, trying to find Peter Pettigrew in Hogwarts, which they don't have any nightlights, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I <laughs> or would, fire escape lights or well, something. I think that maybe it's because the portraits are like, are like sentient. So they're sleeping. So they don't have lights because they're sleeping. But the portraits don't make the lights. You mean they turn the no. lights off for the portraits? Yeah, yeah. Because remember, yeah. they were like, there was like lights pointing at the portraits, and they were like, yeah. "Don't you? Are you deaf? Turn off your light. I'm sleeping." Yeah. Like they, so I'd be like, "You're a portrait." <laughs> I'd be like, mm, "Anyway, be fine. you can sleep anytime." <laughs> so, so then Snape finds him, and then Lupin shows up, and Snape is like, "Of course, you're out here in the moonlight," and it was like immediately. I thought Lupin, oh, Candace Lupus. I never. He's a werewolf, and then I said to Mike, "I know." I know, I know something. <laughs> I know what Lupin is. And uh, anyway, so that's when I figured it out. Okay, interesting, yeah. interesting. Because the first hint they give you is with the Bogart, with the moon, the full moon. Remember, his Bogart turns into a full moon. Oh, yeah. I didn't, mm-hmm. I did not even think about yeah. that. So okay. first of all, there's a couple things that don't happen in the, like that really kind of ticked me off because, um, so... So, you know, Ron's biggest fear is spiders. He obviously really hates spiders. And I would imagine he hates them even more now. I don't blame him. I would really sure. like. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like um, after having all that like attack of those big spiders, you would not be afraid of a little spider. You'd be like, no, fuck you, little spider. Oh, I, dealt with, I dealt with big ass spiders. Like people you know? who hold tarantulas to try to get over their arachnophobia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like now he's like, whatever. I. <laughs> Right. Listen, I've been around some big ass spiders, and let me tell you, they're nothing compared to this. Right. This is a damn walk in the park. Um, and so, in in the movie, he um had like he does the ridiculous uh thing, and they have um skates on. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen. the The legs get removed, and so it's just like a ball, like a spider, just like. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, I was I was actually thinking like I don't know if a spider on skates would make me laugh. It's still a spider. Yeah, <laughs> I think it'd make me feel worse. Yeah, and um, wait, there's one. I think that it is it. Actually, let me see. Hold on. Oh, I did write a note that I was like, um, 
why is the terrifying clown Jack in the Box better than a snake? <laughs> no, I think the same thing. Like, I feel like that was supposed to be like a like this girl is rotten to the core. If this is what she thinks is funny, and the- like, because I get a giant ass snake shirt. Well, I'm I'm actually not afraid of snakes at all. I mean, I'm I have a like I understand that they're venomous ones and i don't want to like be near them but i like i in general like i don't find snakes scary like i i actually like them i think they're cool um well how's bragging (laughs) it's great actually we went horseback riding the other day um but i mean obviously a giant ass snake is a whole different story but uh, to me like a snake is preferable over a scary ass clown. Yeah, it, they the made box. no effort to make it look like a toy either. It looked like no, an evil it looked clown. Terrifying. Yeah. It was scary. I was like, I know. And then they're all like, <laughs> that's so funny. And I was like, this would give me nightmares. Like yeah. literal like na- yeah, like right. I no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, that's not I did have another question so Lupin said to Harry later like I was af- I was afraid yours would turn into Voldemort would that have been a problem I think so because I think it would have really scared a lot of the students oh yeah okay. it will but the thing is that Harry's not afraid of Voldemort um sure he already defeated him like he yeah he's I mean uh, he obviously doesn't want to spend time with him or he want to be around him or he doesn't like him but he's you know it, to him it's like Voldemort's like just a man you know um which I have actually something to say about that but it won't be until the seventh one no. <laughs> I know sorry mm-hmm. um Voldemort's just a man he's just a man okay so there was another thing and that is so the the fat lady in the painting said that Sirius Black was in the school and they like made everybody all the students sleep in the dining hall mm-hmm. and I thought the ceiling was really cool how it was like stars and constellations right? and uh, like nebula but I thought it was interesting that the uh, Dumbledore and Snape just had no problem speaking full volume walking <laughs> through that and like I know. listen we must not cause a panic the kids are all gonna die <laughs> i know i know i know i was like guys into our voices yeah. and we just like bring it down just, it's like uh did you ever did you ever see that episode of friends where ross was doing that really annoying thing where he was like turning down the like he was doing indicating with his hands to turn down the volume it well i ha- i've always hated ross but that scene <laughs> extra made me want to punch him because he was like because even his friends were like if he does that one more fucking time i swear <laughs> to god <laughs> he's like chandler was like i'm gonna murder him and i was like honestly same um but um there there is a line that um dumbledore says in the beginning and he says actually i want to show you so let's we'll we'll be right back (laughs) i want to show you something real quick so i have a um light switch plate that i made that um says Totally blanking out. Happy, happiness can be found in the darkest of times. If only one knows how to, tu- yeah, turn on the light. Um, and so I just showed her that it's in my bedroom. But um, I also have a Lumos and Knox one. Over yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have I have little little secret Harry Potter stuff all over my apartment. But um, she has a chamber of secrets. I, you know what though, I would rather not have a chamber of secrets. <laughs> if I was going to have something cool, I'd want to have like. Honestly, Dumbledore's office. Yeah, that's a cool ass thing. Because like there's the statue and you have to have like the secret password to get in. And then like it's like a cool like um, Uh, escalator, like stone escalator. Like like a a 
twisting staircase. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. You just stand up and go to the top and you go, oh, I'm here. How lovely. Um, yeah, if I was going to have anything from Harry Potter that's like a physical thing, I think I'd want Dumbledore's office. Oh, yeah, I think. I can't think of anything else that I might later, but probably not. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> so awesome. what were you, did you have another thing you had to say or? Um, I liked the choir with the giant bullfrogs in the <laughs> beginning. I, I put that on one of the stories, a song. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was uh, interesting. The double, the double toilet and trouble. Bull, yeah. Bullfrog choir. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> right. Um and and I think that was uh that was um Warwick Davis yeah again. yeah who was yeah. who was conducting it yeah yeah I love Hagrid but I don't think that he should be a teacher I think he's I think him being reckless for himself is fine because it's himself and he's an adult and he can make decisions but when you're including a bunch of kids into the mixture and you're using creatures that are maybe possibly dangerous that's sound, a whole other you sound like lucius malfoy now i'm <laughs> my son will hear about this <laughs> um i i don't think that Bugbeat should have died so i'm not just like lucius malfoy thank you very much but um i i think i felt like that even when i was a kid i was like you know hagrid may not be the best choice for teacher it's like love him to death i i love hagrid i think hagrid's a great character he's definitely one of my top favorites but he should not be a teacher he's he's just too he's just too reckless like i i just don't think he thinks beyond like to him I think that he's still kind of in that stage and I am certainly guilty of this. And I know that I do this too, where I like get really excited about something and then I like start thinking about it and I go, you know what, this isn't going to work, you know? And I like tell people about it and stuff. And then it's like, keep your fucking mouth shut because then you change your mind and then you don't want to do it anymore. You know what I mean? And I think he's, and which could be probably a a product of ADHD. I would bet. I bet that's a side effect or a a symptom of it. But um, for him, it's, he's just, he's just not, he's just not right for that. You know, he's, he's just too reckless, you know? I think he, I think I, I think he, he has a lot of knowledge that he can bestow on the kids and maybe they should put him with another person like yeah yeah maybe yeah i mean if it's one thing if you're you're just like but i I, also don't think he was being reckless when he told the kids exactly how to approach the hippogriff and draco just did what he wanted that's yes he was true i think we were supposed to be like oh he was asking harry how he was doing and and there might be more later that happens Oh, okay yeah that it might be kind of conflating or confusing um because I think he is later the care of magical creatures teacher oh, okay. in later um, books. But so we'll see. <laughs> we'll just see about that. Sure. But yeah, yeah um, I mean, I think I think Hagrid's a great character. I think he's great. I think he I just think that he has not necessarily a childish mindset, but I think he just I just don't think he thinks a lot about the consequences yeah, of what he sense. does you know what for i mean sure. yeah. yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. I do like how much of a coward Draco is, especially in this movie. Right. Whereas like his true colors are starting to show that he he really is like a baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he acts like he's, you know, he's big and strong, but then he's like getting punched in the face by Permione and he's, yeah. you know, he's getting and then, like brutalized by like, Harry. Like Harry yeah. really took him to town. Uh, like... <laughs> Pulling, he pulled down. He pulled down one of their pants. <laughs> like, Jeez, Harry, take a lewd, man. Calm down. <laughs> a quailed. <laughs> My sister was doing that the other day. We were like hanging out at home, and she's like, "Where are the lewds, man?" <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then we started talking about um, Jordan Belfort, like the with the Wolf of Wall Street, you know. Um, <laughs> And everything like that. And we were talking about the movie. Did you ever see that movie? No, oh. I didn't. It's it's entertaining. That's the first movie I ever saw Margot Robbie in. And that was the first movie where I was like, oh, my God. And now I'm just like a huge fan because I love her. Yeah, she's, so she's awesome. She's, she's pretty she's awesome. great. Yeah. I do have a question. Um, yes. That I've, I'm, I'm curious about. And I sort of alluded to it in the last discussion. But I, I want to just like reiterate it. And I'm like, why is it a problem for muggles to know that wizards exist like why is there what's the point of there being this divide in the in the universe the harry potter universe because it seems like some muggles know that wizards exist like hermione's parents but why is there this double world like what is the big deal what could happen to them they're more powerful than any human so why is this I think I think one of the things that I wish is that it would have just committed to having a, a fantastic world and that's what it has because I don't really understand what the consequences would be if humans found out because you know I said I mentioned last time that Snape was like you know how many people could have seen you and I was like but really what is what's the consequence of that like what is the point so I would imagine it has something to do with um like historically because if you think about like the Salem witch trials so there are a bunch of people who are accused of being witches even though all of them were innocent um well I mean I think there are some people that did some stuff but for the most part they were like innocent people and they were killed for this so I think it's maybe just and i'm i'm guessing here because I don't actually know so I think it's maybe just it's just been a long history of maybe being um, not repressed. What's that word? Um, like, you know, like down presser, you know, like down presser, man. Do you ever, you know, it's like, um, God, what is that word? Down presser. Down presser means something. Hold on. I have to look. I'm thinking of the song down presser, man. Um, I was trying to say about muggles. Down presser means oppressed. Oh, sure. <laughs> there, there's a okay. song called down presser, man. Um, now a bunch of different people have done the covers of it. There was like Bob Marley and the Whalers, and um, I think Sinead O'Connor did one. Sinead O'Connor, I think, is how you pronounce her name. And um, it's Sinead actually Sinead O Rebellion. Shock <laughs> me, shock me, shock me with your deviant behavior. <laughs> what is that from? It's a movie. Yeah, what movie? Do you want me to tell you? I feel no. I feel like I know it. I think you do. I know I do. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> do you want me to tell you? Yeah, I want you to tell me. Empire Records. Oh, oh yeah after she shaves her head okay yep 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 okay i got it now yeah um, so down presser man yes yeah so i feel like 
maybe the magic community has felt uh, no i was just trying to think of the word oppression but i couldn't <laughs> think of it and i was like downpresser man downpresser man is a guy that oppresses people um i think that maybe the magic community has been just oppressed for like like centuries and they're just like we have to keep our it's like it's like I'm trying to think of a good comparison I and the closest thing I can think of is the Illuminati, which I don't think is a great example yeah, of this. Been oppressed for but centuries. Um, I think it's like I think it's like any group that has been oppressed for a long time is that it it becomes like a very tight knit group and they do not like outsiders in because those outsiders could threaten their way of life. Sure, I'm not saying that what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. I just don't because like the Salem witch trials happened in real in the real world where like wizards and witches weren't actually doing any of that stuff so this is harry potter world where wizards and witches are real and very powerful so i don't know how they could be oppressed as far as we know (laughs) like i don't they couldn't be oppressed right like they could take over the world so i'm just i wish that the movies addressed these like alleged like consequences because in my mind, I'm like, just why can't they just co-mingle? Except for the fact that the wizarding world just hates muggles. Like, right. The prejudice seems to lie on the side of the wizarding world, not the yes. muggles. But I don't understand why they can't just coexist. I mean, they well, technically do, but mis- in under like the shroud of mystery. Like, I mean, there could. You know what? I'm gonna ask any listener out there if you know, tell us because I honestly like that's my best guess. Um, I mean. The thing is, like, it's not like the wizarding world is stuck in one place. It's not like it's all just in the UK. You know, like, it's in Bulgaria. It's in the United States. The the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is takes place in the United States. Um, I mean, Newt Salamander, the character, <laughs> that's his name. <laughs> I always thought that was just a terrible name. It's a terrible name. Yeah. Um, she turned me into a Newt. <laughs> I got better. <laughs> got better. Um They, um, they call, they they have the worst name for muggles. They call them nomadge. Like, mm. Like, oh, no magic. That's clever. Clever. I know. Um, Why don't they just call them muggles? Like, why does muggle need a nickname? Is it? I don't know. All right. (laughs) But I I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a, just a location thing. Colloquial. But also you have to remember that a fantastic beast and we're going to find them takes place in like the thirties. I do remember. So that. yeah, it's mm-hmm. yeah, of course, I'm cause <laughs> you've totally seen it and everything. Um, <laughs> I've talked about that movie and how frustrated I was with the casting of Grindelwald. Cause I have a lot of feelings about Johnny Depp and most of them are not good. Um, not that he's not like as a person, not as a person. I don't know him as a person, as an actor. I just think he's just, <laughs> <laughs> um Sums no i i i feel like i always have to defend myself because i love his older movies but his newer stuff is just not it's it's just fine and that's all it is it's just fine yeah i that's my explanation okay all right uh so would you recommend this movie that is a loaded question um i'm still not totally on board with harry potter uh so from that perspective I guess my answer is still kind of like probably not. Um, I do, however, think if you want to watch Harry Potter, just start with this one. You honestly don't have to watch the first two. Don't. Don't do it. Um, start with the first just one. Just start with this one. And the thing, the thing 
The thing that really gets me is that so far the movies are just like Law and Order SVU episodes. They're just Monster of the Week. And I'm struggling. This is something. So I brought this up to Mike. I watched this with him and I thought he perfectly explained what I was feeling in a way that I couldn't explain it. So I have to I have to give him credit. But I actually like as soon as he said it, I was like, that's it. So I'm watching these movies and I'm and I really struggle because I'm just like nothing is grabbing me like they're not. There's nothing pulling me in. There's nothing capturing me. Um, and I couldn't figure it out why. Because because in my head, I'm like, okay. So I, I really like, I like, I would say I like fantasy because I really like Lord of the Rings. And I like other th- things. Like I like the Dark Crystal a lot. And I like other fantasy movies. Um, so why is Lord of the Rings, or why is Harry Potter not pulling me in? Because if I compare it to Lord of the Rings, let's just use these two. Because I, I sort of compare these two in my head a lot. Not in terms of like subject matter, but no, just I like kind of feeling. Do, I They're kind of do too. Yeah. Epic worlds, a big, you know, like things. That's actually magic. what I was I was saying to like myself and other people when I was saying that I was trying to convince you to watch Harry Potter. I was like, she likes Lord of the Rings. Why should she well, like Harry Potter? That's <laughs> what I was thinking to myself as I was watching these movies. I'm like, Lord of the Rings like captured me so quickly. Why did that do that? And Harry Potter is not. And I said that to Mike when the movies were over because I said something is still missing and I don't know what it is. It's just something is not there. And he said, I know what it is because I was thinking the same thing as we were watching it. And it's because in Lord of the Rings, you know the point. Like the point is this this ring could end the world and this group has to destroy the ring and the mood and i was like oh my gosh you're right and he's like and harry potter like what's the point and i said yeah because each movie is just a monster of the week and i don't know what the point is like what is there an end game and that's something and so so that was him like helping me realize like yeah you're right each movie is like harry lives with his terrible family Harry goes back to Hogwarts and something bad happens, usually related to Voldemort, and puts him in danger. Harry defeats it. And that's the end of the movie. Each one so far. And so um, Mike also asked, and I don't know the answer, so I was going to pose it to you, is like, was there an endgame when they started making these? Because the books weren't done when the movie started being made. So do you, did J.K. Rowling have like... Did she have a roadmap or was she just like, this made me a billion dollars, so I'm going to do another book? No, I think that she probably is the type of person. Now, the, I there's this like a thing that um, the guy who wrote Game of Thrones said. Was, oh, George R.R. R. Martin. Yes, thank you. I forgot his. I knew it was. I was like, it's not. <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien. Yes. Like, anyway, yeah. um, he said there are like two types of. There are two types of writers. There's the kind that just fly by the seat of their pants, and then there's the gardeners. And the gardeners are the one that they plant things, and they know the things are going to grow, and they plan things out, blah, blah, I think that J.K. Rowling is a gardener. Now, that's the kind I am. I do not fly by the seat of pants. I have, like have everything planned. Um, as far as me actually writing, that's a different story. Whatever. <laughs> just Anyway, um, yes, I think that she probably had... My guess is that she probably knew exactly what was going to happen and how it was going to end up. Okay. Because it does start coming together. And and um, I think really more in like the fourth and fifth one. Uh, but you're right. And I guess I never really put like two and two together that um, 
it is kind of the monster of the week because I like I mean I was on like what the fourth book or something when the first one came out so I already knew like what was happening or I don't even know when the first one came out I don't think it came out after whatever either way I was already reading the book so I was already like a couple ahead so um I think that yeah no I I, I definitely think that she had a plan because I think you, you'll start you'll start seeing it more come together you okay. know yeah, yeah. so so I guess I'm still the fourth one is pretty like is pretty intense. Okay. Yeah. I'm still unfortunately on the fence directed about by Christopher Columbus, but whatever. <laughs> Christopher Columbus. Chris Columbus. <laughs> yes, the, he came back to life. To he came back to Harry Potter. <laughs> he was like, "Give me India and the West Indies. <laughs> We're gonna call it America. Let's do it. Santa Maria, Pinta, whatever. Nina, <laughs> Nina, uh, <laughs> Nina." So I can't fully get on board with saying yes. I would recommend the movie. I can say emphatically that if you want to watch Harry Potter, I would start with this one because everything you need to know, they just tell you in every movie anyway. And you would I would not. I would start with the first one. Start, start with the third one. Uh, so anyway, I don't, I don't know. I, I liked this movie the most of the ones that we've watched so far. And I think it had aspects that genuinely um, entertained me. But uh, overall, I'm still, I, it's still not... It's still not capturing me yet, but um, I can see why you like this one so much, and I can see why you like Lupin so much, and I do like Sirius. I think he's a cool character. He's great, and I'm really glad the Hippogriff didn't die because that would it would be an emphatic no if they had actually even if they went back in time and saved him if he got executed at all. I, it would have been an emphatic right, no. right, um, right. So, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at so far in the Harry Potter journey. Um, how about you? Would you recommend it? <laughs> well, I think you could probably already <laughs> guess the answer. That's an emphatic yes. Um, I love the third one. It's really, I think, the start of the emotional journey that um, kind of everyone takes. You know, it's a physical journey as well, but it really starts to um, kind of just make you understand the impact of just how terrible Harry's history is, you know, and and not just his history, but how many it's affected does. I mean, all these people really like really you could say thousands, probably millions of people because um I mean, Voldemort is essentially like the magic version of Hitler, more or less. I mean, he's not that he's like putting, you know, like people who are like half blood into concentration camps or anything. But he's, you know, I mean, he he, wants to annihilate them. He wants to destroy them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he wants to commit genocide. Mm -hmm. And that's what Hitler did. So um, he's he's a really terrifying figure. And right now, there's nothing much of him there. But as things go on, you see that he's, you know, I mean, he's preparing to come back, essentially. So um, I think that this one's great. I really love it a lot because of Lupin. I have a lot. I love Lupin so much. I actually, so like the, the little Funko pop, you know, that I showed you. And when I was given to it, I was, I was, I was given it, I was given it by an ex. <laughs> I started crying because I was so happy about it. I was like, oh my God, I love this so much. Oh. It's like when you gave me the Nathan Drake one and I started crying because I was so excited mm-hmm. over it. Um, so 
I have a lot. There's a lot of meaning to me because of because it's one of my the introduction of one of my favorite characters and and he I just I have a very special place in my heart for him. So um, and I I love Sirius a lot too. Yeah, so I I definitely would recommend this. I would say that you should watch all of them from the beginning. I know she says not to, but just you know what? Just read the books and then watch the movies. There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> then you'll know. Or I'll have to answer all your questions and then come back when I'm wrong and tell you that I may have to correct myself. Um, but yeah, so that's what I would say. Yeah. Anyway, so you can follow us on Instagram at Watchers Movies. You can follow us on Facebook at Watchers Movies. You can follow us or you can check out our website. It's watchersmovies.weebly.com. Uh, we are on all different sorts of platforms. So if you just want to look us up, we're there. Uh, and if you are interested in us reviewing a movie for you, you can go to iTunes, give us five stars and say the name of the movie that you want us to review. We obviously will do it after Harry Potter because we're doing them all in a row. Finally, consecutively, I got what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, or if you don't have iTunes or you just don't want to, you can email us at, at watchesandmovies at gmail.com. Or if you have any comments, you want to tell us your Hogwarts house, you want to just share your favorite character, you want to just talk to me or <laughs> Sam about Harry Potter, please send us a message. We love yeah, it. We respond anyone, to all of them. If anyone wants to talk to me about Harry Potter, I will. <laughs> I'll just gab all day about it. She will. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will, though, really, because I love it. Um, so, you know, send us a message. Seriously, we really love them. They're really great. Like, we really encourage it. And uh, thank you so much to Mike for our theme music. Yes, our limited time Harry Potter Hedwig's theme theme music. Yes. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show Forty Two. Yes. His name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, spelled two different ways: <laughs> Stell Sam. Twitter has two L's and two M's because I stuck with my choice. Yes. <laughs> and if you want to look me up on Instagram, it's Save the Phantom, like Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> so uh, that's where I got it from. Still from 2004. I've still had that. Nice. Yeah, almost 20 years. Wait. Yes, 20 years. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yikers. <laughs> it's been a long Yikers. time. Yeah. Well, it's the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter last year, it was. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's yeah. right. It's crazy. I know. It's like time is just flown. Anyway, bye-bye. Bye.